Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 64, where we're discussing DOC from season 3 of Lost. About eight weeks ago, so around 53 days. You got pregnant on the island. I am sorry, I'm so sorry, son. I will do everything that I can. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64, where we're discussing DOC, a Sun and Jin centric episode, um, and a good one. I like this one because of the whole character development with Sun and Jin. Mm-hmm. The fact that she was, like, in spite of the fact of what she found out about her pregnancy, she was excited because she realized it was Jen's baby. Right, right. And uh, not the, the uh, Jay Lee's or whatever his name was. You threw me off because you didn't say, and I'm An- or I'm Evan, oh. and I'm Anton. <laughs> so, oh, I'm trying to, to, to switch things up. Okay, I but just. yeah, I am Evan. And I'm Anton. See, yeah. I, now I, I feel like I can go now. I guess we probably need to, to establish that at the beginning of every episode yeah. so people know exactly which perspective we're coming from. True, true. But yeah, I'm the guy that's been watching the show uh, pretty much since the beginning. Anton. Yeah, I've, uh, just now learning uh, the the mysteries of Lost. But as as we get further and further through this series, I mean, we're getting to the point where you know every bit as much as I do about this show. It's so crazy how it's exciting. Yeah, it's crazy how quick. I mean, we're coming up on the end of season three. Yeah, I mean, we're we'll literally literally be recording the last episode for season three within like the next few days. Right. So it's uh, pretty exciting. So yeah, let's jump right into this episode. Um, I did my notes differently again this time. I grouped things by storyline instead of chronologically, which, okay. which hopefully will help discussion even sure. more. So um, <clears throat> first, the flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, you know, Jen and Son just after they got married. You know, they're working on setting up their home, and you know, Son is visited by a woman on the street who says, "Well, she didn't say she was Jen's mother. Actually, no. she just basically, you know, she says she's a prost or says Jen's mother is a prostitute." Mm-hmm. 
and demands money in order to keep this a secret right. and not let it out of the bag. And, um, you know, in order to keep Jen's less than stellar background a secret, you know. And uh, we find out, I think for the first time, that her father's company is Pike Automotive. Did we already know that it was a car company? Um, I'm trying to... I don't think I... I it didn't maybe, stick out in your mind. Yeah, I don't just in my mind. We might have heard something about it, but because um, I remember making a comment a long time ago that that he is obviously in a lot more than what people think. It yeah. was an automotive. I do remember that because they said they're going to shut the plant down at one right. point. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't sure if we'd ever actually heard the name of the company. No. Um, but yeah, we definitely heard that in this episode. Um, so Son, you know, now um, knows his parents are not dead for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes to visit Jen's father, you know, after getting information about him from, you know, from, I assume, her father or some of his connections right. or something like that. And uh, we find out that, you know, he raised Jen alone, you know, since his mother was a prostitute. And he asks her to promise that she'll never tell Jen, you know, that she met him or that his mother is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to get, I mean, some information about um, Jen's past. Right. And exactly, I mean, I don't get the whole, like, why he's so adamant about hiding his less than, you know, um, you know, affluent upbringing and all of yeah. that stuff and why he's so worried about people knowing his father's a fisherman and it must be a total cultural yeah, thing. I say, I think probably it's a cultural thing. I mean, yeah. you have to stay with your kind type, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he's, I mean, it's sad that it has to be that way, but clearly it's it's a very important to him to yeah. appear to be, uh, you know, able to take care of her and, and good enough to be mm-hmm. with her. I thought it was interesting um, that uh, Jen's father didn't even know if he Jen was actually his son, you know, that right. he, he said, he goes, I'm not sure if he, you know, really is uh-huh. my son or not, but I mean, who else is going to raise him? Yeah. You know, and it's, that's just a, such a, I don't know. It just made me think of like, so highly of this man, you know, man, mm-hmm. but also his understanding of Jen's saying that he was, you know, that, you know, his, he, he didn't have a dad or a mom, you know, he's like, right. I understand that he's trying to, you know, it's just such, I don't know. It's like you said, it's good to see that background. Yeah. Um, and um, makes you really appreciate his upbringing. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a comment about that. This this section sums up exactly that. You know, son decides to approach her father about, you know, getting this money to pay off this woman mm-hmm. who ends up being Jen's mother. And he, he asks why he should give her the money without knowing what it's for. And she says because she's pretended her whole life that she doesn't know what he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll continue to pretend, you know, that everything is okay if he'll give her the money, basically blackmailing him. Right. And uh, just like you were saying, I thought it was such an interesting parallel between, like, you know, she and Jen and the relationship they have with their parents. Right. You know, Jen is ashamed of his parents and shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because of what an amazing guy his dad seems to be, you know, willing to raise him and basically go through all this hardship and even just um, totally accept that his son said he was dead mm-hmm. just to protect his dignity i guess definitely and whereas son has these you know totally rich like hugely powerful parents who she should be ashamed of probably but she's not right and um i just think it's it's very interesting to see that there's something there and oh I can't yeah definitely figure out exactly what it is but you know she goes to pay the mother off and tells her to, to basically stay out of their lives or her family will kill her. Mm-hmm. And um, she realizes, of course, that that's 
you know, Jen's mother and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty, pretty powerful scene there too. I mean, uh-huh. um, I'm, uh, son didn't leave me any room to believe that she was kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, you could kind of see that yeah. family background. Yeah. Like there's a little bit more of her father in her mm-hmm. than you, you might expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good point. So on the beach, um, the woman who fell from the sky is starting to wake up. You know, she's talking in Spanish and saying she's dying. And, you know, later she's speaking in Chinese. So mm-hmm. she's speaking in all these different languages, hoping somebody will understand her and know that she's dying. And uh, just then Mikhail shows up, you know, you know where they're at. And he runs off, but they managed to catch him. You know, didn't he die in the sonic fence? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, which was, a, it's very interesting because... Um, they actually bring that up to him and yeah. he, he comes back to like, he says, I already died once yeah. this week. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to, trying to make sense of that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, okay, he died once. Was he like rejuvenated and, you know, brought back to life in some sense. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, I obviously we saw in that episode, like him, his ears start bleeding and yeah. foaming at the mouth and, Right. He was either dead or, I mean, he has some severe brain damage. Something. <laughs> you know, something. Yeah, exactly. But he seems to be perfectly fine in this mm-hmm. episode. But he overhears the woman, you know, that landed on the island speaking in Italian, you know, again, saying she's dying and she needs help. So Mikhail ends up agreeing to help her, you know, with her medical issues as long as they'll let him go mm-hmm. after he's done. And while he's doing so, she says something. I found out it was in Portuguese this time. And he understands her clearly. And it totally yeah. catches him off guard. And then he says, you know, she says, thank you very much for helping me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of this. It was odd, clearly wasn't what she was saying. Yeah. But we have no clue exactly what it was she said. I did look it up, uh, but I'm not going to say what it was because okay. it is spoiler. Oh, so. okay. But she's saying something interesting and Mikhail understood it. So Mikhail says, you know, she'll be all better within a day, you know, which Charlie is surprised about since she had a hole in her lung. Mm-hmm. And Mikhail says the rules are a bit different on the island. Yeah. So um, almost like it's a hint towards why he is still alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like possibly, I mean, he did either die or almost die. Uh-huh. But like I said, it might be a re- rejuvenation of some sort, like he... I don't know. That's what I, all I could think of is like he came back. He healed so quickly that yeah. what what would have probably killed us here, right. you know, wouldn't there, mm-hmm. you know. But that brings back the question, though, why, if all these other people are experiencing these really miraculous things, why does Ben have cancer and he's, you know, not yeah. in good shape? Well, that's true. I mean, um, Ben, you know, there's something there's something different about that guy. And I've, I've said, you know, that I've kind of had this heebie-jeebies against that guy ever since I've seen him, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I don't know. He he has a, and it may be something that they, they clear up later, but mm-hmm. it seems like he's definitely got this, like, evilness vibe going, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Um, and then the other thing is that made me think of is when uh, Charlie was hung from the tree. Mm-hmm. Maybe they knew that he wouldn't die. You know, maybe he knew that that in this island it wouldn't allow him to die you know die like that you know Mm -hmm. like maybe i was thinking that whenever ethan hung him up there he knew about this rejuvenation type thing and he knew they were close enough that they would get to him and they would revive him and he would make it back true 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe he knew what an impact it would have on Jack and Kate to mm-hmm. find him hanging there, but he also knew he's going to be fine. Exactly. But, if, if so, I mean, why did Ethan die when Charlie shot him? Yeah, that's true. I, I, that's what I was trying to think of is, is what what actually justifies someone actually being killed or just being harmed enough and they can they can you know be healed from it you know uh-huh. it's like that's the same thing i started thinking about desmond saving charlie right like, okay is is he seeing him die or practically die right you know that's true you know well let's go down this road for a minute and see i mean we may hit a dead end but um this island or the others at least seem to have a real preoccupation with the good people and the bad people mm-hmm. is it maybe that the good people are allowed to live no matter what pretty much it's and the bad it, people go ahead and die if something happens to them. It's the way it seems. Also, actually, if you look at it from a perspective of you know the people, uh, the the others versus the, those that have um, landed there, mm-hmm. the others seem to die, right? But this group doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, they can kill the others with a rock. Yeah. But you know, Claire was supposed to have died. Charlie was supposed to have died. You know, there's, and you know, all, everybody that I've seen like um, be interacted with have been saved in some way other than uh, other than um, Anna, Anna Lucia, right? And the people that have are well, actually, we already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Only people that are allowed to die are the people that have resolved their their issues, right? Okay. Maybe the others have already resolved their issues, mm-hmm. and maybe they're able to die or go away. That's true. Okay. You know. Whereas these people, no matter what, until they actually get through whatever they're going through, they're gonna, right. we're going to come back. Okay. So let's think about who do we know has either been hurt badly enough that they should have been killed and had like some kind of miraculous healing or, you know, was actually killed and came back. So Mikhail, we know for sure. Mikhail, um, we've Charlie. Got, yeah, Charlie, who was in the tree. And then, you know, Desmond saved him several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got... Make sure I don't. I'm trying to think. Um, we have. Uh, well, I was trying to think from the beginning. You know, like um, Rose, Locke, obviously, and Rose, Rose and Locke. Um, trying to think who else. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that had like a severe injury. Of, of course, you know we know Boone died and Shannon died. Yeah, but like I said, those people have all to me all resolved their issues. Right. So it's like you're you're kind of immune to death. It's like a, a giving you a chance to overcome the mm-hmm. issues, and after that, you're kind of fair game. It kind of goes back to what the woman said about the course correcting for the universe. Uh-huh. It's like no matter what, some, this is going to happen. No right. matter what you do or what happens, this final outcome is what's going to happen. So right. they could get go out and you know be look like they're gonna get you know die and you know drown or whatever however something will intervene to keep mm-hmm. that person alive until they do whatever they're supposed to do okay yeah you that sounds, sounds pretty good to me at, at the end of the episode don't let me forget and we'll kind of check in on your kind of overarching theory about what the heck's going on in the show so okay. i'll let you be thinking about yeah. that in your <laughs> the back of your mind as we go through this so you know desmond makes the comment that you know by his count, the survivors have killed more of the others than the others have killed of them, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, um, kind of addressing the issue we've talked about several times in the past. And uh, Hurley gets the sat phone, and you know he gets it out, and he starts playing around with it when the woman wakes up. And let's listen to that. Okay. Bob? 
it easy. You just had a giant branch. Where am I? I don't know. You're on an island. Are you here to rescue us? Are there more of you? Can you make your phone work? Who are you? Hugo Reyes. I crashed here on Oceanic Flight 815. A bunch of us survived. Is that why you're here? Were you looking for us? 815? Flight 815? The one from Sydney? Yeah. Oh, that's not possible. Yeah, I know. It wasn't easy, but we found food no. and the hatch. No, more Flight food. 815, they, they found the plane. There were no survivors. So, of course, the plane has been found. All of the survivors on the plane were dead. And all I want to know what you're thinking. All the survivors on the plane were dead? Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the passengers <laughs> on the plane were dead. Yeah. Um, actually, it kind of makes sense what you say in, in the context of what we're talking about. All the survivors yeah. on the plane were dead. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense here. Um, you know, in... It definitely brings back into play that whole like purgatory idea mm-hmm. or heaven or hell wherever they're at, right. um, and the, I mean, I started thinking about that a lot during this episode. But I also told my wife, I said, you know, if a plane crashes and they don't find anything, I mean, they're probably not going to say, "Hey, this huge plane's disappeared." Yeah, and you we know, can't find yeah, it we can't find it. So I mean, government and this. Dharma group or whoever, you know, this group's very powerful, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're going to say whatever they can do to cover up either this place. Right. Or if the outside world doesn't really know about this place, the outside world's going to do whatever they can to keep, like, a panic from happening. You yeah. Know? You know, they're going to say, oh, we found them. Unfortunately, they're all dead. You yeah. know, but they're so deep in the ocean, we're not going to retrieve it. Yeah, conveniently. Yeah. A, a four-mile trench or something Exactly. Like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, to me... I can see where we point toward the purgatory, but I also actually make a more logical stance that, to me, it makes sense that they would, this would be a cover-up or, you know, so. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I can understand if if a plane crashes in the middle of the ocean, there's a very good chance you would never find the wreckage again if if it took you long enough to find it because it'd just be at the bottom of the ocean Mm -hmm. and it'd take forever. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I can totally see how, you know, they have a crash and they need to cover up for the mystery mm-hmm. of it by just saying, okay, we found it. You know, everybody's dead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it definitely, that seems the most logical explanation, mm-hmm. I think, for what she's saying. Yeah. So I would agree with that. I mean, but um, you know, the other side of it would just be some kind of like, you know, if it, they actually are dead, then it is some obviously some kind of pur- purgatory or right. heaven, hell type place, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's less mysterious to say that it's a cover-up, but I think that's probably the most mm-hmm. likely. Right. Yeah. So, you know, character bit here. This was interesting. Um, at first, well, at first, it was interesting, but I'll, I'll go into it here. We find out that Jin was in the Army. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure we knew that at all, but I ended up looking it up, and apparently all Korean men at a certain age have to go into the Army. So, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah. every Korean man that went into the Army. Yeah, I know the same things in, like, <laughs> Germany as well. Yeah. You know, they graduate high school, a couple of years of service, and then on to college, whatever. Okay. So at first it seemed really mysterious. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. You know. Yeah, exactly. But it explains, you know, why he seems to have some of his combat skills that he does and seems to be pretty good pretty, at his fighting. Pretty tough. Yeah. So um, on the island, you know, Kate tells Son, you know, that the reason the others wanted Claire's baby was for research. 
And uh, Sun confronts Juliet and asks her what happens to pregnant women on the island, and Juliet tells her that they all die. Uh, she takes Sun to a medical station, you know, to determine the date of conception for the baby. Mm-hmm. And she, she talks, you know, about why Claire and Kate didn't find anything when they went is because they didn't know where to look. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see here. She, Sun tells Juliet, you know, that she slept with another man before they got to the island. And Juliet takes her into the locker room, opens one of the lockers, and pulls a lever, which reveals a secret room, which Juliet says is where they brought the women to die. Yeah. So very creepy to begin with. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, she tells Juliet that she doesn't think the baby is Jen's because the doctor told her he was infertile. Mm -hmm. And uh, Juliet tells her that the average sperm count of a man on the island is five times higher than normal. So very good odds that it is his baby. And she finds out that Sun got pregnant on the island and has very mixed feelings about it, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, great scene. It's really powerful. And Juliet truly has compassion and truly cares. Yeah, definitely. About the circumstances, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, goes back also. I mean, obviously, we knew this island had some kind of crazy, you know, effect on people. But the fact that it even affects the male sperm count, you know, yeah. type thing, it's like, you know, it's. It obviously it makes people almost like superhuman. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. It it has some very weird properties that that are very um, far-reaching. Like yeah. It affects everything. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I'm surprised that. I mean, honestly, if you go down that road for a little bit, I'm surprised it doesn't affect like speed and strength and things like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it seems to be very just like basic life function type mm-hmm. things and. Um, fertility stuff like that yeah honestly it has more to do with giving and taking life uh-huh. than it does anything else i mean right. it doesn't make someone be able to like see through you know walls yeah. but it does yeah. make them able to get you know get life or or, or if if uh or keep from dying i guess okay uh, except for ben's sake and right but, you know, of course, the baby is Jen's, which mm-hmm. is great. I thought it was really awesome. And uh, she asks how long she has left, and we find out that she has about two months. Juliet says that none of the women made it through the, to the third trimester. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Juliet says she wants to go back in, make sure they've covered their tracks well enough, and she goes in and grabs a tape recorder from the locker and records a message for Ben. You know, mm-hmm. she's working on getting samples from all the other women. And uh, she stops the tape and says, I hate you, <laughs> which yes. I thought was really good. And uh, so she's clearly not on Ben's side. Yeah, that she's was actually She's doing what good. she has to do, but it's it's like they're trying to clear her character and say, mm-hmm. look, you know, she she is doing something here, but her ultimate goal isn't to, you know, do harm to these yeah. people. Yeah, I actually, I mean, it was, it was kind of comical, I guess, but when she does do that, she kind of pauses and then says, I hate you. And it's just kind of like... <laughs> I liked it though because it does separate the two. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, to me, honestly, I, I was waiting for you to say, I love you. Yeah. Or I hate you. I mean, uh-huh. it, was, you, it could only go one of two ways. And yeah. I, I was so glad that she said, I hate you. I was thinking, does she, you know, I was almost thinking, does her and Ben have, like, maybe are they connected in yeah. a relationship wise? And, you know, because it's kind of that. You kind of get that feeling from too, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. But then she says, I hate you. And I'm like, good. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think I like you much either, Ben. Yeah, and it's very good because, like I said, this this episode, I mean, it was easy to like Juliet in this mm-hmm. episode because she was so compassionate and caring toward the situation. Even though they've all treated her like dirt, mm-hmm. you know, she's like gone above and beyond to, to show them that she cares. Yeah, definitely. You know? 
So yeah, I thought that was really great. Yeah. So that was the, the, all of the notes I had for the episode. Um, I did have one more thought though about the whole hatch, medical hatch. Okay. Thing. Um, one, you know, she makes the comment about Kate and Claire not knowing where to look to find what they were mm-hmm. looking for. Now we saw before when Ethan had Claire in there that it was a fully functional station. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it has like different modes that it yeah. operates on. It has like fully functional mode where everything's up and running. It has like abandoned looking mode yeah. where it's like lights are blinking on and off. It's empty, but no, there's definitely. still a hidden room. But I, I wondered, you know, she wants to go back in and make sure they've tidied up and cleaned up behind themselves mm-hmm. as if this station is still being used. Yeah. And yeah. I had gotten the sense that it was abandoned. Well, I, you know, when we watched the episodes of four, when they were, uh, Kate and them went down there, it looked abandoned. But I think obviously like, like, um, Juliet pointed out that this is obviously a staging thing. You know, yeah. they knew Claire had escaped. Her memory would come back. If it mm-hmm. did come back, she wouldn't get back there. They had to make it look like it's abandoned. But I do know that now Ben's coming there. He knows that, you know, to pick up the, you know, mm, the tape true. recorder. Good point. So if just to make sure you know that everything else is kind of covered up that you know or it could just be that she just used that as an excuse to go, go in back and record in. True. message yeah, yeah I, I mean obviously to us I mean when we were watching I knew she was going back in for something else I mean right. but what she went back in for to me was a, end up being a positive thing that I felt towards Juliet where I thought oh man she's going to go make it even worse she's yeah. going to go do something and you know just that one little line I hate you yeah. kind of you know is a redemption yeah line so i agree completely well yeah let's so let's get your theory up to date i mean as best you can of oh, what's man. going on on this show um you know i'm trying uh, i was trying to uh start I, well my, my theory got flipped around a little bit a few episodes ago i mean i don't know that it got well i say flipped around but honestly all it got was jumbled yeah um because I, I still believe that there is a obviously like this group that bring you know we know this certain things are factual. There's a group that brings people here um, for the other group. The other group, I'm not I'm not got a exactly sure a reason why they're there. I think this the um, survivors of the plane crash are there to, for redemption purposes. Mm-hmm. I think they are there um, to be observed, um, and. I still believe that. I still believe that this is still some type of a observatory type thing. Right. Um, but the others group, um, I almost feel like they're a part of the group that chose to come there maybe because they did have some kind of condition or they did have something um, that they wanted to escape from. And this is the only place that they could actually go do that. Right. You know, it's like they were let in on a secret and it's like, you know, I find out I have cancer, mm-hmm. you know, and I go, well, and I have enough somebody that says, you know, you can go to this place and it's, you'll be cancer free. Yeah. But you got to live there forever. Yeah. Right. I would go, you know, mm-hmm. I probably, would, you know, take my wife and kids and live there forever. You know, it right. almost has that feel for them. Like uh-huh. some people could come and go, but there's others that just stay there, you okay. know, but, but as far as my theory, it hasn't changed much. Cause I don't, I don't have any more to go off of just more mystery. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's kind of hard to formulate a theory when, like, the the mystery answers are so slow coming. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we're still definitely in the mode of them asking questions mm-hmm. and not answering much exactly. of anything. Um, but I think that's a good theory. I mean, I think we have several different groups, obviously. We have our yeah. survivors of the crash. We have the Dharma Initiative, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure whether or not we've seen much of yet. No, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we have. Yeah. But... 
and we have a group referenced as the hostiles. Mm-hmm. That's I think those are the only groups we know of right, right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I guess Danielle is kind of in between. She's yeah. old, kind of old survivor kind of thing. I'm not sure. I have no idea about Danielle yet. Yeah. I haven't even pinned if she's like good or bad. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, she hasn't done anything bad, but she hasn't been accepted by anything she's disturbed, either. Yeah. yeah, she's <laughs> something. Okay. So. so basically, it's like the some of these people are here to kind of go through a life improvement lesson, mm-hmm. and the others or whatever may be involved in helping with that in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like um, I feel like that the you know there's certain things. I mean, I guess I keep going back to the idea that certain things have to take a place in order for something else to happen. Uh-huh. And these, there's certain people there. I mean, Juliet being there is a, there's a point for her to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the characters, uh, you know, that they have brought together their personalities and, and their problems. They blend, you know, they need one another to work out their issues. Uh-huh. Jack needs a Kate. Kate needs a Jack, you know, right. and Good without point. that, who knows? Yeah, and, and do you talk up the whole, you know, the orchestrating of events to make certain things happen? Is that just because somebody or a group of people have control over the circumstances on the island? Like the whole, you know, Boone gets into the plane, therefore the plane falls and Boone's killed, which, you know, causes this, which causes that. There's an orchestration of events. The whole mm-hmm. lock and echo finding the question right. mark, all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean... It's it's either and it's somebody's controlling it or it's truly the the mystery of the universe type thing. Uh-huh. You know? Like nobody else could have been doing what Boone and Locke were doing. I mean, yeah. it was like that had to take place, you know, and it's kinda like he goes back and says, It's a sacrifice that the island demanded, yeah. you know, being Boone. And I mean, I, it's a weird way of saying something, but honestly, in the realm of like the universe, if you think of it in that event, Boone had to die mm-hmm. in order for certain things to take place, you know? And right. it's, I don't know, it's kind of like, I mean, in, in our actual, our, in actual life, you know, if someone passes away, we can't see the benefit from that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, only we can see is the pain and the hurt immediately. Right. But usually as the time passes, you start to see, reflect back and we have a we in our person we have an ability to adjust right and we start to adjust and things start to happen because of that event that right. catastrophic event caused mm-hmm. other things to happen right you know had that catastrophic event not happened probably wouldn't be where i'm at today yeah you know right. and so i mean it's it's kind of a loose-ended theory but it, mm-hmm. it does seem like everything even this is accelerated you know even yeah. this process what might take a person a lifetime is taking 90 days Right. To yeah, unfold, good point. you know. Yeah, there's a lot of change definitely happening to people on this island. Definitely. You and I talked about them. They were in the cages, it seemed like, months. Mm-hmm. Right. But but it's like uh, the the time that we saw, it seemed like, you know, it, it took drag out all this time. But actually, uh-huh. it was only a, a couple days. Yeah. You and, know? and look what all was affected from that. Exactly. I mean, Jack is totally over Kate, mm-hmm. seemingly. You know, he has this relationship with Juliet, which seems super strong. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just there was a lot of change. The whole Sawyer-Kate relationship right. is, is solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of change affected in a couple of days. Well, and I'm going to go on a limb here. This is a theory that, or a question you and I've had forever. But mm-hmm. Saeed's thing, he landed on this island. His healing process from uh, Nadia 
Right. And his change probably could have been, you know, contributed to this as mm-hmm. well. The fact that they fell in love so quick, like things like that are accelerated, you know, yeah. to pass, past the point of his obsession with Nadia, you know, this island has a way of doing that, you know? Right. So okay. to me, even to kind of put that, I mean, give me a little bit of light to why he's, you know, so set on Nadia, but he gets to this island and he falls in love with Shannon. Uh-huh. I mean, it makes sense that things are different here. You know, it's not, had he never crashed, he would have, life would have went on as planned. It might've took years for him to, you know, kind of reconcile those things in his past and things yeah, like that. Right. 90 days, man's falling in love with someone else. He's, you know, gotten over a lot of the demons that he's, you know, that he's gone, you know, has. Yeah. And it's like, not, you know, three months. Yeah. That's a good point, though. That instantly made me think of Locke, though, and him oh, getting yeah. over his baggage. Definitely. Like he has not progressed well That's in getting true. over his. That's true. Now, now there's certain people that that I think have, and we, we've talked about the, those. Mm-hmm. Now, I think maybe some people are more prone to holding things. I yeah. mean, that's, that's an actual life, right. too. I mean, some mm-hmm. of us can get through things, and some of us hold on, hold on to it forever. Right. You know? Uh, but if at that rate, even even if even if Locke and a few others haven't gotten through their stuff, I do believe on this island it is still moving at a much more rapid pace. Yeah. You know, Locke does have a purpose. Well, mm-hmm. that's where he's been searching for forever outside yeah. of his island. Mm-hmm. Well, within 90 days, he's found out he's he's got a purpose. He right. li- he loves it there. Yeah. Right. So. Well, if that's all you have, I think we'll wrap things up here. There's one other uh, point that I had to uh, make in Bring this it episode. It was, it was actually something that was kind of big to me. We see that Jen's life is the way it was with Son's dad because of Son uh-huh. in this episode. He says, now Jen will work for, work for me, do what I ask. In this episode, it talks right. about that. It talks, you know, because she took the money. Uh-huh. He says, "Your debt, the debt's not with you; it's with him." Mm-hmm. And so that whole relationship, it seems like up until the, this point, Jen had been basically probably some office worker, right? You know, and then um, son's father says, "Now, it's changed." Wow. Now, See, I was making a note during that part whenever they had yeah. that conversation. Yeah, and I it, missed that part. Yeah, that's and that's what it's about. He says now, and so his son's to blame mm-hmm. why Jen's life was totally changed. Yeah. It's, it's almost like she is the person that caused her to have Ex- the life that exactly. she had. And she was basically her own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I think honestly it makes us understand, I mean, not that an affair's ever, ever mm-hmm. the reason to, but you kind of see the misery because she has to look at herself. Yeah. It's not that she can look at Jen and blame Jen. Yeah. It's she, not as much she's unhappy with Jen as she's herself. unhappy with the life she's created right. for them. And I think even the affair was almost, well, I'll separate myself from everything, uh-huh. you know? And I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. So she's, she's the one at fault. Yeah. You know, it never was actually, even her father was kind of just letting him kind of ride out, ride it out and work for him and right. do some stuff. But now with this everything changed yeah it's like by her basically saying out loud that she knew the truth about what he was doing mm-hmm. it's like he realized oh now there's can, no point to hide exactly. it exactly you know, you're involved in this and mm-hmm. he's going to be doing my dirty work yep basically. now he's now he's involved too you know yeah. and i was like oh man you know and and, and it, it's so so interesting because when jen finds the money mm-hmm. he says take it back because i don't want to be indebted to your father any more than i yeah. am yeah, exactly. And she, and she says, I love you, but she doesn't take it back. It's uh-huh. like almost to me, son's pride 
yeah. is what made her pay that woman off. True. Yeah, it wasn't as much Jen who felt this weird and you know debt to her father right. just because he allowed him to marry his daughter. Mm-hmm. It was more that son created this obligation, right? You know, for Jen mm-hmm. to do basically whatever her father definitely, wanted. definitely. Good point. Very good point. Well, uh, we'll tie things up here. Um, I did want to make a quick announcement about the four. We've set up something a little different here. Rather than having you email in your specific thoughts and comments and notes and things, which you're more than welcome to do, but I think we've created a better way to handle that. Um, over at our forums, over at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums, uh, you can go to a section called podcast episode discussions. And basically, we'll create a thread there for each one of the episodes, and you can post notes there about that episode. And then rather than um, us having to go through emails and find comments that are relevant to different episodes. We'll just pull up the thread for that episode when we record it and basically use any comments there that are, you know, that we can choose and uh, discuss those on the, the yeah, episode. Much better. So again, you can go to lostmysterypodcast.com forward slash forums and then go to the podcast episode discussions area and you'll have to sign up to post in there, but it's quick, simple, free, all of that jazz. So um, I did want to remind everybody about Comic-Con. They're, we're still um, on for that. We've already got our hotel and everything. So we will definitely be there and uh, look forward to meeting any one of you that do also go. So until then, we'll be discussing Mar- Sorry, we'll be discussing mm-hmm. The Brig. The Brig. Um, a lock-centric episode on Sunday. A great episode. Man, just super powerful. Uh, some huge plot points kind of resolved finally. And I can't wait to discuss it. But until then, you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.